I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I just feel like my character wouldn't say that. Episode 243 of 20 Minute Tims, and I'm your host, Jamie, joined by Melly. Yes. And Stephen. What's happening? And well, what is happening, well, Stephen? <laughs> either an awful lot or absolutely nothing is happening. And that is mm. that's basically what we're going to discuss on this episode, dear listener. We're going to have a discussion about the current lack of leadership at Celtic because that is the only topic worth discussing at the moment. Um, if you would like to support this podcast, and we've noticed the list of the numbers have gone up in the last couple of weeks and months as Celtic have started to crumble. If you want to support this podcast and get extra content from us three and others, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash 20 minute Tims, where you can support this podcast from somewhere in the region of £2.20 a month. It's absolute buttons. You keep the wheels on this truck rolling and you get extra podcasts for your listening pleasure. What is that? Is it 60 pence a week or something we're talking about here? 60 pence a week? What do you spend at Greg's? I mean, come on. Buttons, that's ha- as I keep that? saying. It's happy ah. meal money, mate. It's happy <laughs> meal money. Anyway, I missed, I missed the podcast last week. Um, there's There was a few incidences that we had to discuss that I heard you guys cover very well. You guys, you were ferocious. I could hear it. You were angry at Neil Lennon's press conference. Um, I, I myself was quite angry at Neil Lennon's press conference. I just thought, this is the another PR cavalcade that we don't really require at the moment. Good but month, one thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But one thing that has surprised me, Stephen, is that it seems as we record this on the Monday, no announcement with respect to Neil Lennon's future as manager. However, they do have the the review. I'm using Neil Lennon's quotation marks here. They've got the review at the end of the month coming up. It seems that this period without a game would have been the ideal time to replace the manager. But they've not taken it, so that tells me that they don't intend to replace the manager, correct? Is that Do you think my logic follows through there? Yeah, yeah, it certainly does. I, I just don't see what could possibly happen now to to make the, the changes required. And now the, the board are in a bit of a quandary now, or maybe they're not, maybe they just don't care now, because everyone is paying attention to this now. Everyone is, is speculating left and right. How much must that poor guy, the SLO, the supporter liaison officer, be sick of the word review. He, he oh, must yeah. get thousands and thousands of tweets per day asking for this review. He doesn't know because the thing might not even exist. It might just be a sentence they threw into that statement just willy-nilly and now they're being, hold, being held to something they never intended to go through. But I, I believe that Celtic's biggest problem at the moment is that, unfortunately for them, football exists. 
and yes. fans are able to pay attention to what generally happens elsewhere. Everyone else is getting on with things, making decisions to benefit or maybe even taking gambles. Everyone out there is making decisions apart from Celtic who are just sitting still, just sitting on it. So uh, I don't know. You're absolutely right, though, with your logic. Uh, I now don't believe that anything is likely to happen. We can only hope that we have jinxed it or rather... We have kind of TMT'd wished it. it into yeah, we both TMT that we've wished it into existence. And the minute this podcast goes out, there will be a huge announcement. But as it stands, nah, it's complete inactivity. Just wishing folk happy birthday on this day, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> announcing chocolate bars and all that. Oh uh, yeah, it's the, the Celt- Celtic. I think one thing that we will talk about is Celtic's PR in this, and Celtic's PR has been pretty abysmal as of late. Um, so Stephen said, you know, Melly, the, the world of football is getting on with business whilst Celtic are sort of existing in a, a period of like silent stasis here. Um, so I had a little look back. The board came out and against the wishes of the fans backed Neil Lennon as manager and said he was he was staying until this January review. Since then, the following clubs have sacked their managers, beginning with Chelsea today. Livingston, Motherwell, Ross County, Cardiff, Sunderland, Bradford, West Brom, Watford, Sheffield, Wednesday. And that is not me including the likes of Salford and Barrow and Fleetwood and since the board have backed Neil Lennon, countless other clubs have replaced their manager. I'm kind of now, like, well, I feel like now everybody's had their opinion said on Neil Lennon, right? Everyone's said, just sack him, sack him, sack him, sack him. Everyone wants him sacked. I'm kind of, you know, we we did want the manager replaced. I'm kind of beyond that now, though. I want to understand the club's logic here. Uh, mm, because yeah. the, the silence is absolutely deafening and I, I am prepared somewhat to give them the benefit of the doubt and say there must be some logic behind this there must be some logic behind why you're sticking with this manager is it because you fully buy into the fact that Covid has restricted the amount of games restricted the training you think Neil Lennon is hard done by if this is it if that's what you think it is and you think that stands up to any sort of scrutiny you need to come out and tell people because Mm. this radio silence it's it's almost it's maddening it's maddening watch a, a, a team fail the level at we, which we have been failing all season and be told you're sticking by the guy but not be told why now it's not beyond the club to do that because people all came out a couple of weeks ago and explained the rationale for Dubai and not everyone liked it but a lot of people could say right we understand the rationale but the decision was wrong and now they're in probably a very very same position with Neil Lennon here as manager the decision to keep him on was wrong so you need to show your workings you need to show us the work. And you know, like, if you ever sit like a physics exam or a chemistry exam, you might no. get the... No, right. You might get the answer <laughs> wrong, but as long as your working is correct, yeah, yeah, yeah. then you might get some marks for that. That's kind of where I'm at with this Neil Lennon thing. I'm, as a as a Celtic fan, but as more importantly as a Celtic podcaster, I'm beyond this, just sack him, just sack the, the, the You know what I mean? All that. That doesn't... that. That argument to be has no value anymore, Melly. I want to see the balls working here. And I think as fans, we deserve that. Yeah, it's at the very least we deserve. We've had to sit here and I, I said it last week with Stephen, like, I'm just being made to feel like an idiot as if, am I am I on the wrong here? Am I the only one that's seen this and the board are right and just you shut up and just support the team, the manager's fine? Because every week that passes and it's now every day, you're like, what rationale is there behind this guy staying here? Because we've seen since October to do, today, it's getting worse this is not bad form anymore. This is form 
for this this team. They've been poor all season and now the results week on week are getting worse. We haven't won a game in 2021. We had we had to beat Rangers. It was win or bust. We lost that. We drew the next two games because of Dubai. And then the, the game against Livingston, I could argue, was one of the worst results of the season when you put it into context. That was one of our games in hand. Livingston rested seven players because they had a bigger game that week. And we had all our players back and we still couldn't beat a Livingston reserve squad. It's at the point now where every day that he stays in the job, you're kind of accepting he's going to be there. But can you not just come out and tell us either way He's here till this point or he's not here. It's an absolute joke the way the fans have been treated. I will, I will say this, that I, I think this, the rationale falls into two camps with the Celtic board. Um, I think camp one, and th- these camps might cross over, but I think camp one is um, they are planning some sort of major overhaul of the football and operations department, um, which involves you know Peter Law stepping down, director of football, all the stuff we should have had in place. They were probably planning that for the end of this season. They thought, Neil Lennon will stay in charge, we'll overhaul the department, we'll spend plenty of money on players, we should at least see this league through or be within touching distance come January and then we can maybe buy more players. Sort of nursing the current outdated situation through to the end of the season. I I think maybe they thought they could do that. And then the problem is when the shit hits the fan for whatever reason, whether it is this COVID and this atmosphere within inside the club, they just can't get through it. And I'm going to touch on this in a second in case people think I'm making excuses, which I'm not. They went, shit, we don't have a backup plan here. There's yeah. literally there's literally nothing we can do here. If Exposed we bring in... Pants down. Yeah, yeah, absolutely pants down. Now, I'm not saying... If I, if I was sat in front of Neil Lennon here and he gave me all the reasons why he thought the club was failing at the moment, my, my answer to Neil Lennon would be, but these aren't solutions, these aren't problems without a solution. What you're telling no. me is not good enough. And, and it doesn't really matter what you say, Neil. The game is... The club don't do well. The manager goes. That's the game. That's football. That's that's what. That's the deal. Everyone buys into. Neil Lennon's job is to win football matches. Take away all the the other bits that have happened this season. He's not doing his job. He's not winning football matches. And the way the fans have been treated, it, it's it's unbelievable because every these emotions are high. Every every single day that this goes on, you think that has to be it. That has to be it. But it's got to the point now. Because of the board's inaction and because of the lack of decision-making, the lack of any progress this season, they've cost Celtic the league leaving it this long. And every day they keep the guy in the job, every day that another result comes or Celtic don't get a good result, it's adding to the atmosphere, to the poison among the fans. Neil Lennon himself is not a poison, but him being in the job has become poisonous. It's at the point now where they need to take him out of that position just to relieve this stress, that is, this poison that has come over the club, even though we're not in the stadium. It's so weird that I've never would... known a club just to keep a manager in a job for the sake of it and it's just it's not Neil Lennon's fault anymore it's beyond that it's the, the board but they need to take him out even if they don't put somebody in, in place just to give that See, sort I disagree of relief with that. no I, I, dis, I disagree with that I think look uh, if they're mitigating circumstances here that the board think they need to tell us what they are and why they're keeping Neil Lennon in the job but it's 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 sort of gone even beyond the point that you're talking about Melly and the situation for me now is so critical that I, 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 Neil Lennon spoke at the press conference about a bloodlust for him to get sacked and I didn't really necessarily buy into it, but as we've moved on even a week, because things are moving on so quickly, I feel like there's an almost like sack him for punishment type attitude. You know, 
punt, you know, sack him, just get get him out of the club, get him. Sack but, him for not doing his job properly. Exactly, right. but what, what I'm saying is, I, I want good decisions made just now. I don't just want Neil Lennon sacked because we've lost the league. I, you know what I mean? If well, uh, why, why keep him? But if he hasn't so, done well, his what job... If you go, what, well, what if you go to the market and you end up with Roy Keane? But the, I, I don't even need a replacement in for him. I just leave it Kennedy and give it to Kennedy and Strachan to the end of the season. Uh, that would be un, uh, that would be unthinkable. What if John Kennedy no, doesn't I, want? What if he doesn't want it? What if John how can Kennedy it get any worse, mate? How can it get any worse? Keeping the guy in the job. What does that say to the the next manager that comes in and he, he loses two games? Doesn't he say anything? He the, goes, the, like, well, you didn't sack the last guy. What does it say to the fans? I think, and I don't mean to be too critical, of you, Melly, but I think there's a lot of false arguments on online, and I'm seeing just now. And that one that you say, what does that tell the next? manager if we keep Neil Lennon in place I see that quite a lot and the answer is it tells a new manager nothing if if Neil Lennon's kept in and he's lost games there is no way in the world that the next Celtic manager who's failing as well goes I but the last guy failed you can't sack me that's not how that's not how the world works so the board would say I well he failed you know, and we, we were sacking you as well that, that, that doesn't what the way the board are treating Neil Lennon just now for me has no determinant determination at all on what happens with the next Celtic manager at all if that guy comes in and he fails, just because the guy before him failed as well, isn't he a free pass? It's not a free pass, but he can say, well, why are you putting me under pressure here? I've I've only lost two games. You gave the guy, he only won eight games in 20 odd. What does that say? So you have to you have to look at it and say, this guy's not doing his job for a middle, middling Premier League team, never mind the Celtic, the champions. You cannot have a guy in a job still just award awarding failure that's what we're doing and if another guy comes in and isn't isn't winning the games he can always just go well you didn't sack the last guy so I expect to get the, the same time as him I, I don't personally buy into that but anyway Stephen well there is absolutely let's be absolutely clear about this there's no reason to keep Neil Lennon in the job there's no, no positive none. to come from no, it none. whatsoever so so why is he still there? It, it can't just be a well you may as well just leave him there because it's not doing anything he, he absolutely has not done his job this season. He hasn't met hasn't met a single target of of this season. He hasn't met a single one. We're not in any competitions that we entered. Well, the, I don't want to really hear about the Scottish Cup because it might not even get played at this rate. So, you know, people are saying, "Oh, he's not gone out the Scottish Cup." Yeah, because I've not played a game in it yet. Just wait until we actually enter the thing. But oh, joking aside, there's no reason to keep him there. He is a he is a negative presence in the the club right now. He, he is not doing anything. It has gone from. I know how to win title races. I'm the man to turn it round. The board saying he's the man, he was always the man. It's gone from all of that stuff to I'm not leaving, It's this is my life. It, the defeat is already there. It's already there. We can't continue to just wheel the guy out to do press and get all angry about being asked questions about his job and all that because everybody knows, he knows it, the board knows it, the fans know it. The footballing world at large know that he shouldn't be in that job right now. So he's going to continue to face questions about it every single time he sits down in front of a microphone. And it's just going to get worse and worse. He's just going to get more and more angry. He's going to get more and more ridiculed for it. And and it's achieving nothing. He's not he's not going to manage anything this season. He's not going to achieve anything on the football inside of things. So why continue with it? Ah, his goose is cooked. I don't think there's anything. There's yeah, nothing yeah. plainer. There's nothing plainer than the fact that Neil Lennon's goose is cooked. And this is this is what I'm trying to have two different conversations about because I want to know. Like, I, 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 we put out a tweet, you know, an open invitation to anyone from Celtic that wants to come on this podcast and 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 chat to us, chat directly to the fans. You don't need to go through newspapers, whatever. You can come and chat to the fans, chat to the listeners, and and tell us because I think we kind of need a state of the union address from the club. Even if they said 
he staying to the end of the season. At least it ends it ends this nonsense of every single day you're thinking, is it going to be the day? Is it going to be the day? Why is it not the day? Something needs to be addressed very soon. And I don't even think we can wait till this stupid review that's coming up, if it well, ever they, happens. They said the review would be the end of January, but even if they come out, Melly, and say he's staying to the end of the season, they need to say why. Don't yeah. they, Stephen? They, yeah, need, yeah. they need to show their work in on this one because it's making no sense really to anybody. We're getting a lot of rumours though, Stephen, aren't we? You know, we're, we're hearing rumours that it's the board are sympathetic to the position Neil Lennon's in because they think, you know, that the season's basically been hobbled by various factors out with Neil Lennon's control. If that's the case, tell us. That's all yeah. you need. You just come out and if your if your position is, look, this guy, everyone thought I'm seeing it a lot as well online, and I'm just here to address people's tweets, right? But there's a there's a groundswell now of opinion that what I seem to think's happened with Neil Lennon is nobody wanted him in the job in the first place, right? He won the league, the double last year. A lot of people came out and said, us included, I was wrong about Neil Lennon. He, he won the league, he is, he's a competent manager, he's not as bad as we thought. Now that he's failing, and I'll be truthful here, and I'm not accusing anyone on this podcast of doing it, but there is a lot of people out there now going, I was right all along about Neil Lennon. No, no, um, what happened was you were, you were right, then you were wrong, now you're back to being right. It doesn't make the appointment of Neil Lennon a mistake just because he's failing now. So I think maybe the board are looking at it going, look, we know this guy's a competent manager. He did very, very well last year, but he's been hobbled by coronavirus this year. And that's why he's staying to the end of the season. But for me, it, it just has to be the end of the season because there's no way, nobody's going to buy any excuses. He does need to go, but I'm, I just need to know why. That's where I'm at with it. You're allowed to change your mind, but we we didn't. I didn't want him in personally or anything. I think it was a massive mistake. Then last season went out of the Champions League, but won me over after that. And then the the Copenhagen game, like, oh maybe in Europe, but this season, even love Neil Lennon for like changed my mind. But I'm allowed to say you're not doing your job now, so you can you can go both ways. You can go. I don't want him in. Oh yeah, he done well. He's changed my mind. But I can change my mind again and go back and say I was right my first time, but he changed my mind because the performances alone this season. What do you just keep him in the job because you changed your mind? He's no, no. not done his job well, so he has to go. It's unbelievable that he's still in the job. I can't think of another club and all Rangers car crashes they've had. They never done this either. This is what everybody talks about. At least Mowbray and Barnes were gone by now. They lasted a lot, lot longer than this because they were still in a race. This is January we're in and we're out of the title race in the biggest season. It makes no sense. It does. You're right, it doesn't make any sense. But what um, I wasn't saying you're not allowed to change your mind. What I was addressing there was, I think, there's some revisionism about Neil Lennon's time as Celtic manager where the fact of the matter is he did win the league at a very healthy margin last year. And I am, again, just trying to work out. It doesn't count the now. I appreciate it doesn't count the now, but I'm just sort of addressing some of the stuff that I'm reading. Yeah, I, I think that's, that's valid. I don't know if it's worth all that much focus, to be honest, because I think Melly's right. The the impact that, Mel, that Lennon had, rather, Melly's impact is still being felt. Let's, let's yes, be absolutely clear about that. But, but Lennon's impact is gone. It, it has waned. If the average lifespan of a manager at any club these days is about three or four years, I think that, I mean, four years is pretty generous. That, that's about the maximum most managers last at a club now. If we take that as the kind of base level for a manager, what will extend that is your ability to adapt to changes in football and, and so on. You know, you don't need to really go into details on that. Your ability to adapt will extend that so that you'll maybe get four years out of Pep Guardiola, you'll get six or seven years out of a Jurgen Klopp. But if you cannot adapt, 
that will be shortened. It'll be shortened Adapt to about die. 18 months. Yeah, exactly. And that's what we've seen with Lennon. His, his impact last season was still being felt from the... But we have to be kind of balanced about this. Celtic were a winning machine when he took over, right? They are an absolute juggernaut. So th- that has carried over into the next season. Neil Lennon was part of that. But it's over now. It's completely and utterly over. And I don't really see any sense in just letting it roll to the, the end of the season. Just this this um, this inevitable death march to mm. Rangers winning the title. I don't see the point in it. I don't I don't know why we need to force Neil Lennon into a front row seat for for that, just because of some sort of sense of loyalty to him. I, is this good for him? I, I, I don't know. Is this is this good for his legacy just to get to the end of the season so he can say a whatever step down or they did a restructure instead of being sacked when everybody knows anyway that he should have been sacked this season deserves to reflect the fact that it was so bad that the manager was sacked and it doesn't matter who that is I'm not really interested anymore in this part about club legends and you know he's been through so much and all that right that's that's absolutely fine but it's not relevant to the, the discussion at hand he is he has failed at his job this season he deserves time, right? He deserves time to fix it. But that has come and gone as well because we've tried everything this season. So they f- they went out to Ferencváros. I'm not going to go through every single detail. They went out to Ferencváros. Nobody was blaming COVID or anything then. That was squarely on the players. They were firmly blamed for that. So multiple changes happened. We've changed formation several times in the, the course of this. Never picked up anything like decent form. Three or four games here and there. But that's still not good enough for Celtic. We've been talking about winning all our remaining games for ages now. Right? Even yeah. when it was more than 20, we still had to win all our remaining games. Can't put a, a string of wins together at all. It's done. It's over. The The only thing left to change is the manager. And we can't be accused of the, this bloodlust or anything like that because we've said it all along. The one thing left to change is the manager. We've allowed so many chances. He's used up all his cards all of the chances, all of the, I need more time. He got that time and again this season. He got three, four chances when everyone was saying he has to go. The board said, no, no, no. And now look at the situation we're in with the complete inaction. There's no sense whatsoever for me in just keeping the status quo to the the end of the season. Even, Even just for a public display, do something. You have to do something. Yeah. You can't just let this train meekly roll into the station at the end and bump up against the, the barriers. It's that That's unthinkable for me. You have to do something. You have to act like a big club, don't you, Melly? You have to make decisions. Decisions need to be made. Good decisions need to be made. That And, and we've got to the point, and this is why I called it a crisis of leadership, because that's what we're experiencing at Celtic. They're like frozen and petrified to make any sort of decision. These, guys, these are guys steeped in football, paid millions of pounds a year, specifically to make decisions and they're all sat at their desks you know people are saying Neil Lennon's not doing his job or he's failing at his job <laughs> Neil Lennon's job is to come in put the cones out set them up 4-4-2 tell them where to cross where to tackle where to header arguably he's probably the only one that's actually doing his job because the guys <laughs> are employed are, the guys that are employed to make decisions at the club are no making them so Peter Law's coming into his work every day going switched their phones look, off about three months he, ago hey? he's looking at his to-do to list right and it's got like Look at players, uh, invest in, I don't know, hotel, sack Neil Lennon, make a cup of tea, meet John for lunch, uh, speak to Hillary about new car, right? And he's ticking things off and he gets to the one that says sack Neil Lennon and what he does is he just scratches that out and puts it mm. to the bottom of his to-do list again. So he's like, oh wait, I'll, I'll knock that over a day. And that's what's happening. Put it on the it's, later base. 
Yeah, yeah, put on it. It's been it's been knocked to the bottom of the to-do list about five hundred times now, and these guys are just not making decisions. They're not, and it's embarrassing because usually in this sort of situation, like you're saying, it's very rare for the chairman to come out and show his working and say, "This is why I done it." Because it's in football, the way you show you're working is by making the decision. You keep the manager and say we're staying with him, or you sack him. We don't ever get to hear all the ins and outs of what happened in the season. What happens is you sack the manager, you get another one in, and that's where it starts off again. That is the action, and Celtic simply aren't doing it. And Stephen spoke about it. Useful. There's no reason for it. It's become such a poison. It's an absolute toxic, toxic place. And Peter Law has paid one of the highest paid CEOs or chief executives in Britain. This is what he's paid for to make the big decisions. Even if it's his best mate, he has to make the decision. But the silence, the coming out and doing the apology when he kind of feels he have to, and then Neil Lennon come out and flaming it. It's just been one thing after another. But it all comes down to the fact that this isn't Neil Lennon's fault. This is the board's fault. They had a decision to make when the fans first said it. Back back in the day when they said, we want him out. I think I, I was late to the party, but after the Sparta Prague, when they beat us 4-1, I was like, that's it. If I'm not a force in Europe anymore, it's done for me. The league was still within grasp then. We were still, despite having games in hand, we were hardly any points behind. We asked for change then. We demanded change. Then protests came. As Stephen said at the time, what club ever turns this around? What manager ever turns this around? It simply doesn't happen. And when it's all said and done at the end of this, Neil Lennon will get blamed for losing this league. But ultimately, it's all at Peter Law's door because everybody said, fans demanded it, even all the journalists, that Tom English that called his bedwetters, even Neil Lennon's pals came out and said, oh, it's done. But they decided to stick with the guy. And we don't know why, only they know why. So they're going to have to explain it, but I don't think they will. Can I just hit up on something Melly just said there? He said he was late to the party to chase Lennon out. I don't think we should apologise for that. I don't think there's any shame in being late to the party because that, if anything, that actually strengthens our point that we gave him so many chances, so many chances this season. And we were late to the party. We were still hanging on in there long after it was clear it was over. And I don't think we should make any like, make any apologies for as, as not being the first on the bandwagon. I, yeah, as top podcasters, really, the time is when we say it's the time. Wielding our massive influence again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to bring down this club. I've seen the Aye, tweets. Yes, exactly. I've seen the tweets. Aye. <laughs> <laughs> there's, um, there is bad, there's bad decisions all over the place, though, isn't there, Stephen? There's yeah. bad decisions in the, in the manager's office, right? There's bad decisions on the pitch, and the players are certainly not blameless for this situation, as we will talk about, as we have spoken about the last couple of weeks, and certainly we will get to for the Livingston game. The boardroom as well is a place that I, I just don't know now what these guys are paid to do. I really don't know what, what, what Peter Lawwell is paid to do. No. Um, Dermot Desmond as well, accusations that he's turning into somewhat of an absentee landlord and we'd addressed it on a mm. previous podcast that it's almost unthinkable that Dermot Desmond, who is a very successful businessman by all accounts, would sit back and let any one of his other companies fail this badly. You know, I think he owns um, no. City Airport in London. If the revenues and the performance of City Airport in London start to go down the tubes, you know, and... and, and I don't know, planes were choosing other airports to land at. I don't know the first <laughs> thing about airports, right? Okay. 
despite what you may think, dear listener, I don't know the first thing about running an airport. I, I, I just I assume I thought we were getting away with that there. To be honest, we just <laughs> may as well just keep rolling, keep rolling. With just it. go. With, aye, so if planes are landing elsewhere, right? Um, the point is, I, I feel like Dermot Desmond would step in at that point and make yeah. Go look, you, you, look, Mister CEO, you're not doing this. Dad, Daddy's home, and I'll fix it. And we're not really seeing that at Celtic. Another area of the club, though that's not much touched upon that I think is failing is the PR department. Just in the last week, hmm. we've had the Peter Law um, apology, which again, I was fine with. From a PR perspective and from everything else, I was more or less fine that that, that apology happened. I asked for it and it happened. Yeah, so it's by the by. The Neil Lennon interview conducted poorly. Neil Lennon had some really good points and some valid points to make, but the way he conducted it with that, the anger and the scattergun, no one's going to listen to you after that. That terrible idea. Absolutely. If you want to make this point, go out with a written statement. Um, remember Rafa done that? Remember Rafa sat uh, down? Yeah. Point one. yeah. So go out, go out oh, with a written Rafa. statement. Uh, <laughs> uh, and we'll get to Rafa. Um, another one was Lee Griffiths coming out saying the fans thought the league would be a foregone cl- conclusion. And I thought, I thought, who in the club is... It, just log on to Twitter one moment and see what the fans think about Lee Griffiths this season. Listen to this podcast and, and uh, see what we think. Good seven, 40 goals a, a season all those years ago, blah, 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 all the rest of it. But this season, Lee Griffiths, it was like September time, really, before he could turn up duty, no being fit enough just to look after himself. So yep, he's coming oh, out yeah. now and lecturing us on, on what we should, how we should behave. Of all the players in the squad, oh, the last guy. I know. The last guy. <laughs> get un, someone, un... see if you want to get the fans on side, Melly. Send out someone we like. Send out yeah. Edward or Ryan Christie or someone we actually like. We don't send out Lee Griffiths. Even Christie's pushing it, but somebody yeah, like Cal yeah. McGregor, who you're, exactly. who's honest in his opinions and his appraisals after matches, but to send out Lee Griffiths to tell us that oh, maybe he's overreacting and all that, like, mate, you couldn't even be bothered to get fit enough to turn up for the start of the biggest season, and now you're telling <laughs> us that, oh, unbelievable. Of all the people. See, the Callum McGregor versus Lee Griffiths in this, there's, there's no way that would happen because Callum McGregor wouldn't, wouldn't be hitting it with that pitch. And Lee Griffiths has clearly been very carefully selected for these reasons because he's part of that wee cabal that keeps backing each other up. Griffiths loves Lenny, Seems Lenny loves Bruni, Bruni loves the board. They're, they are, they are, they're all backing each other up because they're, they're all in their last gigs. If it wasn't for Neil Lennon being the manager of this club, Lee Griffiths would be at Hibs by now, more than likely, at, at the best, probably Dundee or something like that. He'd be lucky to be a professional footballer. <laughs> I, 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 I'm trying not to just totally lash out at this kind of thing, but I'm utterly... Yeah, I find it very tiresome these players coming out and telling us what to think to be honest and I know it was a very mis- well it wasn't very misleading but it was a slightly misleading headline it didn't say uh, that the furious fans have short memories but what he did say was that people quickly forget why do people quickly forget? Because they have short memories. So, is the, yeah. <laughs> so the people who were saying, "Oh, he didn't say that," kind of did. But I'm I'm utterly tired of people coming out and saying, "Oh, Lennon's a man. I hope he's around for ages." Because it's not working, guys. It's absolutely not working. It is so far beyond us listening to Scott Brown and Lee Griffiths and thinking, "Oh, do you know what? If they think it, they're behind them." Can we hear from someone like I don't know, like El Yunusi or Callum McGregor or one of, one of these guys? What do they think of the current situation? Not Lee Griffiths. Not no that we would buy into that either, but um, I think it was very transparent sending Griffiths out, uh, Griffiths out to hit out with this stuff and it's it's not going to work. It's absolutely... To think that they can stop this PR shitstorm with something like that is misguided, to say the least. It's that time of the year. 
Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. There was a lot of talk midweek about you know Rafa Benitez leaving the job in China and Rafa and his 10 coaches leaving the job in China Eddie Howe is obviously out of a job and I think it's fair to say that these two guys are the Celtic fans favourites for the next Celtic manager um, I honestly I find this a bit peculiar that a lot of mm. fans want not that a lot of fans want these guys as manager because they're quality coaches but I find it peculiar that a lot of fans think that in any way we could attract this level of manager. Um, mm-hmm. I know we got Brendan Rodgers, Stephen, but if you look back over the last 20 or 30 years of Celtic managerial appointments, there's no one at that level ever came into this club. Um, and just, you know, Rafa, I don't know how much money he's paid. We probably couldn't afford it. Um, Eddie Howe, don't know how much money he's paid. We probably could afford it. Mm. But he's not interested in Celtic because it's it's coming to a football club isn't just about meeting the financial obligations of the manager, isn't it? Isn't it not, Stephen? That's not how anyone really picks their career. You know, if you work one place, <laughs> yeah. but another place will pay you exactly what you were getting paid before, but it's a terrible place to work with shite facilities and it's, <laughs> a, and it's a four hour commute. All these things are taken into consideration when choosing a football club. And the problem we've got at Celtic is that, yeah, we might be able to pay Eddie Howe £4 million a year or whatever, but he doesn't want the job because it's not an attractive place at the moment. No, and Celtic are fast running out of things to be able to offer a manager like that. You're absolutely right. Yes, we could maybe meet the financial obligations, but I don't know if we can offer that many things to a guy like Rafa Benitez that, say, a Bundesliga club or something couldn't as well. We are rapidly reversing away from being able to compete in Europe at this moment. And Rafa Benitez might be the guy who comes in and changes that. But is that enough of a hook to bring a guy in? I know he's spoken in the past about... Uh, you know, wanting a, a project or a challenge rather than you know money or, or whatever it is. But yeah, I'd believe that a lot more if you want to currently he probably wants in from both. China. <laughs> yeah, he probably wants both. He probably wants yeah. a lot of money and a project. <laughs> do, do you know what my, my honest opinion on the Rafa Benitez thing? I mean, I, I'm already giving it too much oxygen because I just cannot for the life of me see, see such a thing ever happening. 
But I, no. I don't know if I really, I don't know if I get it all that much. Don't get me wrong, Rafa Benitez would be an incredible coup for, for Celtic, an absolute like, top class manager. But I don't really, I'm not sure I understand the logic in it because Rafa Benitez, and people might not like hearing something like that, something like this, but he's far too big for the Scottish League. Rafa Benitez as a manager is far too big to be managing in Scotland so even if he did come he's going to be away in 18 months time anyway leaving Celtic probably in the same position as they were post Rodgers and we need to put Jack Ross in the role uh, to me it sounds terrific on paper but are we no better taking this opportunity to install the things we've been talking about all season the yes. entirely new structure get a, a structure in place now which means we're just changing coaches every two or three years we've got this up and coming Swiss coach who may or may not exist right comes in it follows the director of football's philosophy etc right? <laughs> exactly I, I don't know what you were picturing there but I'm picturing a guy that looks good looks like he smells terrific right this Swiss wireframe wire glasses yeah um, I, 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 nice watch that sort of thing I impeccable slim. style right so, so that yeah. guy bringing that guy in he does so well at Celtic, he fancies a move on to the, the Bundesliga or the Premier League or something like that. I'm not poo-pooing the idea of having Rafa Benitez as a manager, but I just I just wonder what the point of it would be. If you know what I mean, are we going to spend 25 million quid on Rafa Benitez's 20 coaches and his salary and then be left in the same position when he probably goes to like Everton or something like that? And I, I can't go to Everton, obviously, because he's a Liverpool manager, but you, you get the general idea I'm aiming at there. It's it's one of these ones, though, where, and this is embarrassing to say, right? It's mortifying to say, but Celtic need to have the structure in place that Rangers have got in place. They need a proper director of football, <sighs> given the club an identity. They need Peter Law far, far, far away from transfers, maybe even far away from the club, moved up the stairs or, I don't know, at home, he's got plenty of money, I'm sure he'll never be bored. Um, they need a proper football and infrastructure in place so that, as you say, Stephen, they get a new head coach in every couple of years, but, but it, it's all taken care of. I can bring his own coaches, his own assistant, whatever he wants, but it's all taken care of. The facilities are top-notch. Everything is there. And that, that does a couple of things. One, it takes pressure off the club, like you say, Stephen. You don't have to go all in on Rafa Benitez and all that money. You know what I mean? Because it takes pressure off the club. You don't need to make the um, the managerial appointment and have it be the beginning, middle and end of everything because everything else is taken care of. Yeah. And it also allows you to change the guy. You, if he's not working, you just unplug him and plug someone else. If coach isn't working, you unplug him and you plug another coaching team in because the, the infrastructure, the philosophy, the football department is there and it's working, Melly. This is Celtic's big problem. I've said recently to my mate, like Rangers' best signing over the past what three years has been Ross Wilson because he's put a structure in place. Now, mm -hmm. I kind of disagree a bit. I think Celtic should be able to attract Eddie Howe. Um, maybe not Benitez, maybe that would be a bit far-fetched. But at the same time, what Stephen's saying about what's the point in getting Benitez in because he'll be away, that. That's not how it should work. You should be saying, like, we've got this structure in place. We can attract Rafa Benitez. If he wants a job, he comes in. And when he goes, we know who to get in next because we've got everything in place. It's not all about the manager. He's just another cog in this. He's just the guy that picks a team and the players and does his bit. What we've got is a structure to buy the players, to scout them for him. But Celtic's problem is it's get a good manager in yeah. and hope everything falls into place. Mm -hmm. Whereas every other club has went the complete opposite way. Stephen called us a big, small club and a small, big club. And this this is the problem Celtic are in. We should be able to say to Eddie Howe, come to Celtic, 
two, three years max and you get a good job down there. Look at Brendan Rodgers. He's recently been top of the Premier League with a team like Leicester. We should have the facilities, the training training facilities. We should have the structure and scouting to say to these guys, come in. It's easy. All you need to do is blow away the league and get into the Champions League and teams will come and get you. But we're seen as a joke now because of the way we're structured. What's that? What's that meme? I don't think you've got the facilities for that big man. <laughs> is, is, that what, is that what we're being told? Yeah. I, again, really, I'm going to find myself disagreeing a wee bit with you here because I don't think that you say to a manager already Eddie Howe's level, come at us for three years and get a big job. Because he'll say, well, in the summer, there's probably going to be a lot mm. of movement in the Premier League. Um, you know, Arsenal might want a new manager. They might go and return for Brendan Rodgers. The Leicester job might come up and Eddie Howe's a decent fit in there. For example, you know, I don't think... Well, if you're speaking about Eddie Howe, Eddie Howe specifically, the problem with him is he was relegated in his last job and he was seen as up and coming. He kind of needs to rebuild his career. Now, is he going to go... The type of manager he is, he likes to play football. So is he going to go to a bottom half in the Premier League because that's probably what he'd get right now and get them playing good football I don't really see it it'll be a firefighting job down there just to stop relegation so he's going to have to pick and choose his job wisely like Brendan Rodgers had to and rebuild his reputation and then if he seemed to play good football winning football win trophies maybe the bigger clubs come in from them because most of the big clubs are sort of setting their ways right now no, no, I understand. Under, I, I get your logic. Sometimes another thing I've been thinking about this week, because it's all I've been thinking about this week, this Celtic mess, is maybe the problem, Stephen, is beyond Celtic. Maybe manager, like even if you built the best infrastructure at Celtic, you know, maybe a lot of top class coaches that we think we can get the Eddie Howe's, the Rafa Benitez, and for example, I don't think Eddie Howe's a top class coach. Uh, I think he's a good coach, but I think he's not in like that top, top bracket, you know. Yeah, but in the interest I, of clarity there, we should really separate those things yeah. because while Benitez and Howe are at the top end of what Celtic can afford, I think they've carry with them completely different profiles and completely different you know, yeah. skill sets and so on. Right? They're, they're not in the same category, despite the fact they're both potentially very expensive I, I, I don't think we should you know give the impression that we're lumping those two profiles in together yeah I think that the, the, the situation might be they might just be like well I don't want to go and play my football in Scotland now we, we already know that, that an equation exists where the quality of the league isn't great and to entice players and managers to come and play their trade there you have to pay them over the odds Rafa Benitez and all these people that go to Chelsea and Qatar like 5 million quid a week whatever they're on just to get them in the country just to get them managing these teams because they wouldn't be there otherwise and maybe that's the problem that we have in Scotland with Celtic when it comes to these managers like the Rafa Benitez and the Rangers and all that like we are about they make the same face when we offer them the proposition to manage in Scotland that they would if they wanted to manage in China or India or Qatar or Iraq or any of these other sort of obscure countries that you might consider football and backwater but our problem is we can't then say yes but we have this massive suitcase of money for you because we just don't <laughs> yeah. have we don't have enough to balance out that equation I just think we as Celtic fans need to be realistic about managerial appointments because I see a lot of people getting upset a lot they, they, they build themselves up as fans for the Mourinho or the Benitez or the Eddie Howe and then they get pissed off when it doesn't happen when in actual fact it was probably never realistic anyway I think what is realistic Melly as Celtic fans is to expect as a minimum the kind of setup that we were just talking about Yeah that's it the, the problem we have right now is look if we had that set up could we maybe attract Eddie Howe where he just has to come in direct the football on the park rather than 
do everything because managers don't do that anymore. They're basically head coaches. Celtic have tried it in the past where they brought in Ronnie Dyler, but had no structure whatsoever behind him. So of course he was going to fail because instead of bringing in good players like they were doing for the previous manager, we brought in substandard players and wanted him to build them up. But it just it was never going to happen. And what you're saying about Ronnie Dyler is correct and and the structure because if we remember Ronnie Dyler as much as he may have worked out okay as an okay Celtic manager, he was he was supposed to be Roy Keane's assistant, but we just gave him the manager's job anyway. So that's not really normal. And this is the problem. Another the problem, a lot of problems Celtic have with the manager is we should be able to maybe attract Eddie Howe, maybe once in a lifetime, Rafa Benitez, Brendan Rodgers. But as fans, we expect Celtic to go out and try and get the best or get the best possible man but we don't we're expecting Roy Keane to come in we're expecting some Irish guy or just somebody with a Celtic connection instead of going for the best possible guy that we can get and this is the problem we all, we're all fully expecting the summer that would not be surprised if Jack Ross walks in the door are you saying out everybody out there yeah. he's the best man for the job now Jack Ross could come into Celtic and be a good manager Ronnie Dyler could have been a good Celtic manager but the, it's all going to fail because of the structure around Celtic I read a piece by Michael Cox in The Athletic, or piece by Cox, in, <laughs> in The Athletic, and he was... He's a little juvenile there, but it's totally uh, worth it. Totally uh, yeah. Torpedo, my own point, but it was worth it. <laughs> torpedo? So he, yeah, Torpedo, here we go. So he said, uh, under Aston Villa in the season, they get relegated. They brought in five players when they sold Benteke and Feb- Fabian Delph. And when you look back on those players, it was Jordan Amavi, Adama Traore, uh, Vertu. They're all playing football for Marseille, Roma, Wolves. They're all good players. But the problem with that director of football signed those five guys, they were all branded as flops, was they had Tim Sherwood as a manager. <laughs> so it all has to it all has to go into place. You can bring in a director of football who signs good players, but if you don't have them a good coach in place, like Tim Sherwood was never going to be a good coach. So it has to all work both ways. Celtic can get a good manager, but if they've got a terrible director of football in, it's not going to work. And the other way about as well. It's actually quite neat that you would bring up Tim Sherwood because... Uh, Have you bought yourself today, a Geely? Yeah. <laughs> today, as we record this, Frank Lampard has just been sacked from Chelsea and it's, oh, it's worth one talking about. Another one Celtic yeah. down again, doesn't it? Yeah, it's, exactly. It's, it's probably worth talking about that as well. Not as Frank Lampard as uh, a candidate, but because of the relevance it has to this current situation. Yeah. But the, the football ramble once got a lot of stick or had it rubbed in their faces because one of them, I believe, Luke, called Frank Lampard Tim Sherwood with A-levels or something like that, or <laughs> something along those lines. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, proved right again, obviously, Lampard. But see, all, see all the stuff you, you described a, a few minutes ago there, Jamie, about the, the suitcase of money and all, all that kind of thing. That kind of... And again, it's it's not worth really dwelling on for too long because it's never going to happen. But that's another thing that makes me want to move away from constantly talking about guys like Rafa Benitez and Mourinho and all that every season. But we're constantly let down over things like that. Because, again, I, I want to move away from Celtic trying to get the best manager of all time every single time something get, goes wrong. Do you know what I mean? It's like we don't necessarily need to go for the, the best Celt- the best manager Celtic have ever had just because we're trying to... Because what, what happens after that? Do we then implement the lesser role with the, the head coach and all that? So I, I just... I, it's kind I, of a return for investment yeah. thing as well, isn't it, Stephen? Like, you're like, are you seriously saying that, you know, I suppose you could pose the question to the board and say, are, is what we are saying is we 
cannot compete on the fronts we want to compete with because the football and operations department is so broken that we need to go out and get a superstar manager. Is that the only? Is is that is that what you're telling me? Because everything else behind the scenes doesn't work. We need the superstar manager. Yeah. When Brendan Rodgers came in, remember like. Similar to this right now, where you think Celtic need a massive rebuild. When Ronnie Dyler, we thought, oh no, Rangers are coming coming up this next season. There's a chance we could lose the league. We need to get rid of so many players. We need we need about ten players. When really, what you need is a good manager to come in and get the best out of the current players. Yeah, this Celtic squad isn't bad. It's nowhere near the the levels they're playing at right now. It's so much better than that. And what would make it better? A good manager. And what happened when Brendan Rodgers came in? Straight away, you're thinking, oh, it'll take a while for him to get into place. He'll need to bring in signings. He'll need to get his style of football over. No, he came in, had one bad result, and straight away, Celtic qualified for the Champions League and went on and won an invincible treble. Now, Brendan Rodgers then went on again and qualified for the Champions League and won a treble. If you get a good manager in and qualify for the Champions League, it pays for your outlay, but Celtic never see it like that. They should be treating the manager like they treat players and bring in a good manager, get him in for a couple of years and he moves on. But it's just there's no structure at all that they can do that. On your point there, Melly, um, I hear you're ready to come in. Stephen, on your point there as well, I think you, you bring up another thing that you see a lot and you hear a lot that we need to get a manager in now to build for next season. I don't know if you, you hear that a lot. I, I'm, I'm not really sure many clubs do it, but all I would do is point to Ronnie Dyla and Brendan Rodgers and say, Brendan Rodgers came in and fixed that Ronnie Dyla shit ship in the space of about eight weeks. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what I mean? He came, uh, in, and, true, he, yeah. he, he came in and turned Martin that with John Barnes, Gordon yeah. Strachan with Martin O'Neill, Neil Lennon with Tony Mowbray. It's just a pre-season a lot of the time. You need a couple of weeks and then you can, you can, you can definitely turn that around. It wouldn't do any harm to be in early like, such as like this week in advance of ne- next season. But I, I do understand that because you're not going to come in and build a team in January. That never happens. That's said an awful lot more than it actually is practical, right? You're not going to come in and sign all their players for next season in January. As much as we talk about this every year, we need players in, bedded in in January in time for the European qualification. Never happened. It's never once happened, as far as I'm aware, in Celtic's history. I can't remember ever having made significant January signings for the next season. So th- there's that. But I also see the negative, well, not the negative, but the the argument against that would be you could come in right now, you could come in in January, all the time in the world to May, then you lose 10 players and then really yeah. the, the, the preparation is up in the air anyway. So aye, I, I do get that. You make that. the exact point I was going to make. Like, So say, Stephen, you're superstar manager and Celtic won't use the head coach, right? Big and time, Celtic big say, time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, big time. They say... They say my, uh, Stephen, do you want to come in and be your Celtic manager? And you say, right, what's the proposition? And they go, you can either start First uh, of May, last last day of the season, you're in the very next day. So you've got that whole pre-season, whole summer, you know who's staying, you know who's going, you've basically got a blank canvas. Or you can come in next week amid this absolute shitstorm of 10 in a row. We don't know which players are going to be here next year. We don't know what ones want to stay. 99% of your time is going to be dealing with crap this season. By the time it gets to the end of the season, you're, there's almost no benefit to you yeah, as yeah. a manager coming in at this moment in time you might you because you're not going to get any time planning for next season because you're going to be so busy dealing with the shit for this season I, I kind of yeah, feel yeah. I kind of feel what, want me to paint a nightmare scenario to you and tell me if you like oh, it oh please right? yeah here's a nightmare scenario for you we get the football restructuring that we want right we get the football restructuring that we want so we get the director of football we get the everything that goes along with it, the, anal- the analysts and the, the investment in the training ground, all that's maybe not required because it's already up to a very, very high standard by all accounts. All of that's there, right? And the only piece missing is this head coach, right? And your new head coach 
Neil Francis Lennon. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say Stephen Presley or something like that. Yeah, but no, no, I thought you were going to hit us with the Roy Keane there. Uh, well, look, the, look, the three names that terrify me are Jack Ross, Alex Neil, and Roy Keane. That's all. That's all I'm going to say on that. But what I'm saying is, do you think anyone within Celtic Park is like, you think we could, you think we could get this by the fans? Full restructure <laughs> of the footballing department, but Neil Lennon gets one more crack at it because we feel he was hard done by. Do you think it's, one would you take it, and two do you think that's an end of these thoughts? Because I'm telling you right now, I think it's in people's thoughts. I don't know, I don't know, but I just I, I don't think it would wash never in a million years. But no, it, but it seems like something the Celtic board might try and get by the fans. It seems like something the Celtic board would do, but any other board, you'd be like, no, there's no way, there's no going back for Neil Lennon because ninety nine percent of fans are done with him and were done with him a long long time ago. So you're never going to get that back because every game he loses now or drops points in, it's why is he not sacked? So you can't go into a new season and continue that. The same as you can't go into a new season with Peter Law as the chief executive because it's the next guy that comes in or the director of football that comes in along with our head coach. It's always going to be hanging over him. Every bad signing that doesn't go well was, did Peter Law do that? Every time Celtic miss on it out in a signing, is it because Peter Law's penny pinching? This all has to stop. It has to be a complete clean break from Celtic, whether it's now, whether it's the end of the season. If they can get a new manager in now, that if he wants to come in and assess the squad, fine. Or if he wants to come in the summer, he can start there, fine. Same with the director of football. If he can get him in now, do it. If not, end of the season. And Peter Law has to be away from the football completely. I think he needs to go, but we cannot have this hanging over us any longer. Neil Lennon, Peter Law, eh, Nicky Hammond all have to be binned. It's um, it's. I think the review, Stephen, just to wrap up this segment, I think the review is going to be something along the lines of, and I was saying this to the people in our Discord server, which, is, by the way, for anyone listening, is a benefit to the all-in patrons. Uh, we just hang out there and chat Celtic quite a lot. Yeah. It's like our own yeah. little it's WhatsApp days, group. It? It's oh. furious. And it's, it's <laughs> tremendous entertainment, especially in the games around. I think the review is going to read something along the lines of... Um, the manager's going to stay in place until the end of the season at which point there will be a full and robust restructuring of the entire football department. Yeah, Whether or not th- that the sentence and Neil Lennon will leave at that point is already included or if it's just heavily inferred, I think that's basically what we're going to get from this review. Yeah, I could fully believe that. I, I don't really hold an awful lot of stock in this forthcoming review. I'm certainly not chasing up because I don't really think much is going to come of it at all. Even if that is the case, if that if they do announce that they're going to completely restructure the football inside of things and Neil Lennon is going to be to the end of the season, again, that's not a reason to keep him on. That that is no. in fact it's the opposite because we're asking a guy to stay in in situ who has been so bad this season that we're having to restructure the club as a result of it. As yeah, a as a reaction <laughs> as a reaction to this season, we're having to restructure the club, but we're keeping the manager in to watch us try and undo the work that has been done this season. And I, I'm trying not to be terribly harsh on Neil Lennon just now, but I, I don't think he has done a good job this season. And it's not just results, it's the, the handling of the players and the media and, and so on. I don't really want to go back over that. But what we are expecting the guy to do and from his point of view as well, why is he staying around for that? I'm, I'm not getting into the debate over the, is he just staying for a payoff and all that? But Because I'm sure something could be arranged that isn't that isn't either of these things that we're putting forward. It doesn't have to be there to oversee this. It could just be moved somewhere else for a few months. See this notion yeah. that Neil Lennon's waiting for a payoff, that he's somehow greedy, that Neil Lennon's doing something out of spite or arrogance or no. ag- You know, there's, there's nothing nefarious about Neil Lennon at all. And a lot of this stuff is... In my view, I wouldn't be saying it on this podcast. I think a lot of it's disrespectful. Neil Lennon's going to get a payoff no matter what happens. 
So it's it's definitely not about money for Neil Lennon. It might be about how much money, but that conversation will probably be something along the lines yeah. of, I want 300 grand, but we're only offering you 200 grand. Okay, well, here's 250. See you next Aye. week. It's not like he's it's not like he's due a fiver, but he's holding on for eight million pounds. Do you know what I mean? It's that <laughs> yeah. it's just the, the this stuff about him waiting for a payoff, getting as much money out of the club as he can. It's just realms well, of fantasy stuff. I suppose people's argument against that would be that if he steps down just now, he would be forgoing his money and therefore doing the right thing by the club. But I, I'm not really going sure. some money. But yeah, he, like I say, he's no. Aye, it, it's a, it's about how much. It's not aye, about. Aye. He's no damaging the club in any way by <laughs> what, what he's owed or due. That said, I do think that people are allowed to have their opinions on that. If they've deduced that, if Neil Lennon, if the only reason that Neil Lennon is still in the job is because he refuses to step down because he's due money, I'm not going to judge the guy for that, but people are allowed to have an opinion on that. Even if I strongly disagree with this pure, like, right good Selic man stuff about how now if he's not a right good Selic man unless he steps down, I'm not, not really particularly interested in that slightly oversimplified yeah. argument over it. But I just don't see the point in him being there if the, the, res, the net result of this is that we're going to have to restructure the club to undo the damage. Does this not come down to Peter people. Law, though? Does this not come down yeah, to exactly yeah. what we're saying, Melly and Stephen, to Peter Law? Like, if Neil Lennon is due a payoff, right? And I think it's kind of, honestly, I, I think it's a wee bit shady discussing like, how much money the guy's owed on a no, podcast. It's I think uh, it's none of your business, you're right. But I think, again... And it's no different. Sorry, sorry, I jumped in there, Jamie, but it's no different to any club. This is what happens yeah. when a manager is, is at the end of his, his tenure. It's no, no different to anything else. I remember when Mourinho eventually left Man United, they had to pay him tens of millions to go and no one no, no one was saying at the time oh, he's, Davey Moyes was employed by Man U for years and years wasn't <laughs> 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 Alan Pardew remember was Alan Pardew <laughs> on like an eight year contract or something like that so, <laughs> managers <laughs> always get managers always get paid up and it's honestly that I think you know I would never suggest that Neil Lennon's in this for the, mo- the money purely for the money I think that's quite disrespectful to a guy that's you know served this club for a long long time but I think again it's beyond Neil Lennon and it's up now to the guys who are paid to make these decisions. Yes, you know, yeah. is Neil, if Neil Lennon is due three hundred thousand pounds, right? To and that's what he is due to leave this role. Why are you haggling over fifty grand or whatever? You know, make the decision. Give the guy what he's due, and let everyone move on, so we can move on as a club. But as I say, I'm only discussing it because it's one of the things that's been addressed out there. I personally don't for a minute think this is financially motivated by Neil Lennon at all. Why I'm annoyed at Celtic over this is because it's yet another example, and we see it all the time, of... And it's, it's like the transfer windows. Jamie, you've made the point many times, the, the, the amount of frustrating transfer windows we've been involved in over the five and five plus years of the podcast, the six seasons we've been doing this now, is that you say Celtic have a this weird knack of pretending that things are uniquely difficult to them. Right? That's that's mm-hmm. always the case with Celtic. They pretend that things just don't work for them. And it's the same with this. They're refusing to part with a manager because it's just not something they do. It must be they're pretending that they're in some like uniquely difficult position where they just haven't been able to do that. Meanwhile, as we teed up at the very start of this, it's happening all around and the clubs you listed earlier were only in Britain. We we spoke about PSG before as well. So there are clubs of all levels. I don't want to hear about how it's it's only Celtic that can do this. There are richer teams in Celtic doing it. There are poorer teams in Celtic doing it. That, that everyone is just part with their managers because it's not working. And the the thing that's come up today with Chelsea having done it again. That's the kicking um, in it. Yeah, getting rid of Lampard. There are obvious parallels there to be drawn because he is uh, the the club legend. 
from a similar era to Neil Lennon. He was appointed permanently round about the same time. Neil Lennon had already been there to the end of the previous season, but they've been there roughly the same length of time. So the parallels are there. And people are, there's a bit of a debate brewing because people are saying, see, this is how a big club acts. And I agree with that to an extent. But people are also saying, Abby, you don't want to be like Chelsea and just sacking managers left and right. Maybe not, but my question mm. to that would be, why not? There's this little weird stigma about sacking managers and I, f- I believe that this has played into it as well. People are precious about this kind of thing. They don't want to see managers sacked for whatever reason, whatever your personal motivations are. But Chelsea are the most successful English club of the last decade. In the last 10 years, they have won three leagues, two Europa Leagues, a Champions League, among other things. They must be doing something right. Mm. And none of the managers they have sacked have ever gone on to prove that they were wrong to be sacked by Chelsea. Claudio Ranieri, got better like years and years ago but they replaced him with Mourinho who was undoubtedly a better manager than, than Ranieri they've never got it wrong and I'm not sitting here advocating that we take a Chelsea approach we're just sacking managers left and right but what I'm holding them up as an example of why almost never does it negatively affect a club to just get rid of managers people will say that I bet they've got loads of money they throw millions and millions at it but that's no guarantee of success either because the guy they've just sacked today spent $200 million in the summer and had to be sacked. It's not just about the money they're spending, it's about get, going out and getting a better manager than the one that's previously there. You don't need to sack ones every year, of course not, but Chelsea are more successful than Liverpool, more successful than Man City in the last decade and they're held up as this you know, bad example of what can go wrong if you just keep sacking managers when really it's not the case. Yeah, I mean, we could get into the Chelsea thing, you know, and have the discussion about it, but I think the flip side of that argument might sound something along the lines of they, they might not be, it might not be a bad idea sacking these guys, but a lot of the time they've made the wrong managerial appointments in the first place. You know, a lot yeah, of these yeah, guys man. probably shouldn't have been signed as Chelsea it manager is, and it's transpired that, and they just, at that point, they just get rid of them. But I know what you're saying. But it's big decisions, isn't it? It's once yeah, they realise it's gone wrong, they just get rid of them and get somebody better at every yeah. single time, almost every time. Never again do we want a club legend. That if this is what it takes or means every time you need to sack a club legend or a club legend as a manager or someone fails, then I think it's something we just need to avoid and and never do it again. I don't know because we've had Billy McNeil, we've had Tommy Burns who were sacked and they're still thought of as legends. In fact, you barely remember they were sacked. The problem with Celtic is right now they've kept this guy on. They've flogged the dead horse until he's starting to take his legacy down with him. Now, Neil Lennon, if he had been sacked in October and Celtic went on to lose the league, they went, look, that was the right decision to sack him in October and November because he wasn't doing well. We got somebody else in and it didn't work out fine. But right now it's all going to be landed at Neil Lennon and it's just every day that he's there, it's somebody else who's thinking he's not a Celtic legend. When it's not fair on the guy, it's completely unfair to think he should walk away from a job that he was handed the contract to. And Neil Lennon in his heart of heart will believe he can turn this around. He be- he'll believe he's the man to lead Celtic on in the next season. It's not up to him to step away from it now. It's up to the guys who are paid a lot more than him that are paid to make the big decisions to make that big decision. Just the last thing on Lennon as manager for me, I think the stuff about Lennon's legacy being damaged as well, I think some of that might be premature. I think, you know, I was doing a bit of reading about, you know, trying to find the comparisons between Neil Lennon and Tommy Burns. And obviously I was very young at the time when Tommy Burns got sacked as manager. But, you know, on the Celtic wiki, I was reading that Tommy Burns, after he got sacked, went and gave a double-page spread, I think, to the Daily Record, sort of attacking the club and attacking the board, which, and for a period of time after that, he wasn't viewed in the best light for sort of mm. turning on the club and the in the in the press the way he did. Um, I think Neil Lennon's legacy is is what he's achieved at Celtic is 
yeah, this season's been bad, but I think, you know, after a couple of years, uh, uh, well, uh, maybe after a decade or something, but I'm talking about when Neil Lennon's a very old man, I, I think the, the people are not going to be looking at us um, on the guy that blew the 10. They'll be looking at him as a guy that brought a lot of success to the club as a player and a manager. Um, however, that being said, uh, he never brought any success at the old spaghetti had, did he, Stephen? <laughs> <laughs> no, and uh, more more points dropped. And are we, are we asking the question? Is it over? Is the league over after more <laughs> points dropped? <laughs> I've got CC on the live preview show, which is a, a, some, a piece of video content that we do before every every game. We build you the bring you the build up for that game on Patreon. Um, I remember saying, do you know what? I'm so sick of the negativity. I'm just going to Marvin Andrews it. I'm just going to be so positive. I don't care. Like it can't possibly get any worse. I said, so I'm just going to just going to keep the faith, not keep the faith because that's kind of tainted that that phrase now. But I'm just like for this game, I'm just going to go into it with all the positivity I can. And it did me absolutely no good at all. It did me no good at all. Celtic were abysmal, Melly. They were abysmal. As I said earlier, you could argue it's one of the worst results of the season in the context of it. Livingston resting their players, Celtic coming back with a pretty much full-strength squad. You'd expect to see some fire in the belly. But again, it's another reason for... Why, why are you keeping on Neil Lennon? Because the mistakes Celtic are making, they make again. The start of the game wasn't that bad. It wasn't great. But the first set piece Livingston get, float into a box, it's a goal. So again, things that are going wrong aren't being addressed. It that may a, be the worst one yet, Melly. Yeah. That set piece, that may be the most embarrassing one we've conceded. And, and it's got some strong competition, let's face it. And I was, uh, I did the match reaction after the game with Ryan and uh, Ryan had a look into it and he said, out of the 18 goals Celtic have conceded in the league, if you take away the goals that are from corners, free kicks, penalties or like the second phase from a corner, like Goldson's second goal against Rangers where the corner comes out and it goes back in, if you take away the set piece, so only four goals out of 18 this season Celtic have conceded from open play, where is the manager? Where is the manager doing his job? He's not doing his job in that. And if you what haven't you watched the game, I'm not. I'm not enjoying it. It's terrible. Celtic scored two goals from set pieces, but they didn't create anything. And when Livingston scored the second goal, he thought, "Well, do you know what? They haven't been good, but it's been coming because Celtic aren't good." There was no passage of play where I thought. Do you know what? That was some good play there. There's no style to Celtic's game. I don't know what we're doing. There's no reason to keep a guy on where it, he's not he's not doing anything for us. Not it's doing anything on the pitch. It's the substitutions a lot of time, isn't it? You they're know, weird. They've always they're been ba- weird. They're, they have been weird for a long time and especially in that game, the substitutions were baffling. Just to give the, the, the stats for that game, though, Celtic had 18 shots to Livy's six. They had six mm-hmm. on target. Yeah, they had six on target to Livy's two. They had 70% possession in that game and had 549 passes to Livy's 243 and 78% pass accuracy. Doesn't matter what you say about those stats, Stephen, though. Um, uh, those passes must have been from side to side or from back <laughs> to forward because they, they certainly weren't penetrating passes and the worst thing for me was is as much as try to keep the faith we saw this coming because Livy had a juggernaut I, at the moment I, I know. an absolute juggernaut we, were under the we, didn't know the, we didn't know the reserve team were juggernauts as well I know do you know what doesn't come up in the stats though Jamie the fact that towards the end of that game that obviously it started snowing and the game became a, bit, a wee bit of a farce. It had, if it had maybe been earlier, the game would have been in danger of uh, getting called off, but the game is too far gone to, to consider that by the end. It was a wee bit farcical towards the end. But what doesn't show up in the stats is the absolute 
pristine white gleaming snow that was Livingston's box for about the last 20 <laughs> minutes of that game. There wasn't a footprint to be seen. There wasn't the goalkeepers. Meanwhile, the rest of the pitch was was all, all footprints and slide marks and everything. So uh, that that maybe doesn't tell the whole story. I, the, the game is was garbage, but it's, it's kind of one of those ones we sat down, not no really expecting anything from it. The, the the old gang were back together, the old band were, mm-hmm. were back in, the, the big important players and all that, but nothing really changed. Um, it was do you know what worried me? Disappointment. Mate, do, you know, do you know what worried me about this game? There's, there's no fight left in this team. No. There's no <laughs> fight left in this team. There's another reason. It's another reason, yeah. Players are going through the motions and that's what happens if you let the, things get to this this level of yeah. rot and that's just it really, what happens it was really disappointing it was really disappointing for me watching that there's this team even when Brown went off and the snow started to come down there was they were they were just waiting for the final whistle oh. that, that's that's all this yeah. team were doing there's no fight in this team and it's it's to me it's a team that's 100% run out of gas and yeah. the, and you know I, I repeat myself here the board needs to step in and make the decision but that if you just viewed that game in isolation to come away for that game thinking that this manager can get anything out of this team at all is is it's not gonna happen. For the record as well, I'm I'd be amazed if conversations aren't taking place now about replacing Neil Leonard. I know there was a story of the son that he's staying at the end of the season because he's got Dermot Desmond's back and I'm not sure Neil Lennon's agent going to the sun and giving them stories about I'm not sure what his motivation maybe there was about putting mm. that story in the sun by all accounts you know if you read it in the sun then it's, it's probably Neil Lennon's agent um, I, I just it's, if you watch that game on its own just watch that game there's, no, there's nothing at all left again the manager like the team he put out wasn't doing it honestly watching the game I still don't know what formation we're playing I don't know if it was a 4-4-2 or a 4-2-3-1 or a it was abysmal there was nothing it's just hope David Turnbull can do something and you know what the players on the pitch are better than that but as you say they're just going through the motions because it's done it's been done for months it needs to end and it had to end to keep it going a week when we didn't have a game the Hamilton game will probably be the same on Wednesday night where if we win it'll just be because we've got better players but Neil Lennon's job at the side of the pitch is to put a team out if it's not working change it and again he's changes bringing on Jeremy Frimpong for Christopher Iyer, who I thought was our best player, and leaving Shane Duffy on there. Why did he leave Shane Duffy on? To put him up front at the end of the game, probably. That's the only rationale I can think behind that one again. And again, bringing on Frimpong and Mikey Johnson when the snow is pelting down in a pitch. We guys who want the ball at their feet and to dribble, the pitch isn't built for that in a normal day, never mind when the snow's on it. So where where is the joined up thinking with Neil Lennon? Again, bringing on a 35-year-old defensive midfielder when you need to win a game, another must-win game that we didn't win, and the, the guy comes on and makes an absolute arse of it again. Yeah, the, the whole game from beginning to end was an absolute disaster. Scott Brown, at first I thought it was soft, a soft red card, you know, that, that phrase you give, give the decision a referee to make. Yeah, at the end of the day. <laughs> give the decision a referee to make. Hold, hold on. <laughs> Rewind the tape. Did I just see you hmm. give the decision a, hmm, a referee? Why <laughs> never did I never heard say of that, that before? No, that's, uh, uh, that's unusual. That's a new, put that on a t shirt, we'll sell it. <laughs> um, yeah, look, he gave the, the referee a decision to make, and the, the referee made the decision without actually seeing it, which was a, it's a Willie Collum special. But at the end of the day, the net, re, the net result is exactly the same more points dropped than that, a must win game. Could you hear but, that in the audio of the game? You could definitely hear someone saying, There's no way he's seen that. So go back and watch it on sports scene. Honestly, you can hear someone in the background saying, he's not seen that. No, no way he's it's seen a Willie, that. Uh, it's a Willie Collum special. Willie Collum loves doing that. I still remember the, was it 
was it Rodfoot against yeah, Lowden? Yeah, yeah, yeah. was, uh, uh, was it against Bistorovic? Unbelievable at Celtic Park. got to say, though, uh, one of Livingston's scorers, Jet, looks very different to how I remember her from the 90s. <laughs> oh, uh, I was a big fan back in the day. She looks very, very different. A, a, a reference for the kids there. Jet <laughs> <laughs> from Gladiator. That was so glad, so glad we squeezed that in. Looking on that bombshell. <laughs> We shall wrap up this episode of 20 Minute Tims. Just want to thank you so much to you guys for listening, for downloading, for retweeting us, for contacting us on Twitter. Thank you so much for that. Melly, would you like to say goodbye? Goodbye. Stephen. Oh, joy. Another joyous podcast in the books. 243 of these. Can you believe it? But yeah, just. Do you think Neil Lennon will still be manager when we get to 250? <laughs> you think we'll, 500, mate? we'll be at 500 and he'll still be the manager. Still saying we need, we need to just win all our remaining games. <laughs> The good but thing about this podcast, eighteen is, games in hand. Right, the good thing about this podcast at the moment is you never know what you're going to be recording from one week to the <laughs> no, next. No. But for for a couple of weeks, it was lose, 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 miserable, miserable. But now, now it's an absolute chaos carnival, and we never know what we're getting. And we might rec- if, listen if the manager gets sacked, if Neil Lennon gets replaced at any time, we will have a somewhat immediate reaction on Patreon.com. So that's where you go for your immediate reaction, um, and we all will always discuss it in the flagship pod, which follows it. But until then, thank you for listening. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.